Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 45 of Secrets of Shadowloo. Last time we started the Mriganka section. Um, Mriganka is, of course, M. Bison's island stronghold for all of his various global evil enterprises. But all we had yesterday, well, not to diminish one of the joys of my gaming childhood, what we had yesterday was a big labeled map of the island of Mriganka. It was a cutaway map. It was very intriguing. Uh, A lot of locations name dropped. We don't really know anything about them yet. A lot of mysterious little rooms uh, with no particular caption, but drawn just evocatively enough to make you wonder what's in there. But Mriganka is not just a dungeon. It is also a nation, a sovereign island woven into the geography and socio-political context surrounding it. You have to hex crawl in before you can dungeon crawl down, I guess is what I'm saying, in less grandiose terms. So today we start this chapter-long deep dive into Mriganka with an introduction to the nation and island of Mriganka. And I am spoiled for secrets on this page, not only because of the subject matter, but also because the author is really in a mystery mood today. I believe this page was written in a room where a fog machine was running. It's very dramatic. Here's what we get. First of all, in the bottom right corner, there is a map showing where Mriganka is in relation to Thailand, uh, Myanmar, Malaysia, the Indian Ocean, etc., etc., just to give us some verisimilitude to place us in the world. And then we get a Lovecraft-ass introduction to the nation. Quote, Off the coast of Thailand, a ministry of evil thrives. On an island of men, machines, and madness, a fortress awaits. Crime festers like the ripe fruit of corruption in this reclusive hideaway. That line almost rolls over into being inviting, don't you think? You got to imagine one of those tourist commercial spokeswomen saying it. Crime festers like the ripe fruit of corruption in this reclusive hideaway. Anyway. Sorry to break the ominous mood. Quote, when you mention the island, whisper its name. For the mere mention of this bastion of evil can send those who know of its evil into flights of terror. It is called Mriganka. I'm both intrigued and puzzled by the idea of a country so evil that when you say its name in conversation, people are afraid. Like it makes sense with Cthulhu, because if Cthulhu can hear you at all, It's not like you got to be within five miles of where he lies dreaming. Presumably, he's equally dangerous to invoke anywhere. But Mriganka, however evil, is an island. You know, it's not like it can appear behind you if you say Mriganka three times into a mirror. You have to go to Mriganka. And speaking of, what do you see when you actually walk around in this luscious orchard of the ripe fruit of corruption? Quote, deep under the terrible architecture of the surface, the dreaded crime lord M. Bison plots to conquer the world. I want to point out the terrible architecture. Now, if I wanted to be a smartass about the, quote, terrible architecture of Mriganka, I could, for example, point out that all the buildings pretty much have a point on top, uh, which is not the menacing look that Bison seems to think it is. Or maybe I could point out that some of the architecture is terrible when it comes to the fundamentals of architecture, like, for example, the Temple of Darkness is like a whole palace supported on one column. I wouldn't put that on an island where I expect to entertain a lot of rowdy street fighters. I've seen what street fighters do to cars and barrels. Nothing important should be held up by one thin support around street fighters. But that's low-hanging fruit. I mean, this is an evil villain headquarters. So let's be generous and assume that when the author says terrible, in the mode of the rest of the prose here, the author means terror-inducing, right? Intimidating, 
fills you with dread. Even so, it's kind of worth asking what Bison is trying to accomplish here. You know, he went to the trouble to go legit. I mean, he could have just filled the island with mercenaries and criminals and black market military weapons and whatever, and fended off all comers, paid off Thai authorities, whatever. He really took the time to make Mriganka nice and legal. He got it recognized as a sovereign nation. He holds tournaments here. We're going to see that he has all kinds of facilities for entertaining different kinds of guests. Given the investment in making Mriganka a real honest-to-goodness country, it's weird to then tell your contractors to make the whole thing look like fucking Carcosa. Maybe Bison's passion for intra-pyramid conflict is so great that he just wanted to put like the Mriganka tourist board in direct conflict with Mriganka urban development. Just let them play tug-of-war over whether the island is meant to invite tourists or terrorize them back into the sea. And you may think that I'm picking nits here with this word, but the only reason it occurs to me is because of another keyword that appears later in the context of a raid on Mriganka. See, Mriganka is the core of Shadaloo. There's this expansive global organization we've spent the rest of the book talking about. But as this page points out, at some point, player characters may feel, rather than sitting around out here passively, reactively, getting attacked by goons every week, each wave in goofier costumes than the last, why don't we go to where Imbison lives, wreck his shit, maybe put a stop to this Shadaloo thing once and for all. And if you do that, then you're not landing at Mriganka Airport. You got to raid the island. We're going to have more on that later, different ways to get onto Mriganka. But on the topic of using Mriganka as an adventure setting, the author says, quote, ultimately what you do with Mriganka in your Street Fighter Chronicle is up to you. Any number of missions could lead the characters to its fetid shores. Why are the shores fetid? You know, let me, uh, let me ask my two senseis in pedantry, Merriam and Webster, about this. Fetid. The word is fetid, F-E-T-I-D. It says here that it is sometimes, especially by the British, pronounced fetid. I object. Fetid makes me think of, like, fetid pajamas, which makes me think of stinky all-over pajamas, which is unpleasant. But more importantly, the definition of fetid is, quote, having a heavy, offensive smell. The example given is a fetid swamp. And just to complete my due diligence, fetid comes from Middle English, it comes to Middle English from Latin, and it is from a verb that means to stink. There's one definition of fetid. The etymology is very simple. All this sentence says is that the shores of Mriganka stink. If you swim up to Mriganka, it smells real bad. It's a heavy, stinky smell on the shores of Mriganka. Why? It's not like Bison has a peasant underclass out there farming the beaches and he wants to torment them or doesn't care about the way they live. It's not as though he doesn't have the, the means or inclination to modify the island. We're going to see there's a giant underground complex here. I mean, he's got a giant gold dictator statue and an evil Mount Rushmore. He can do a trash pickup. I mean, he's filthy rich and he's got mind control. Not to mention he's got loads of revenants just milling around, doing nothing until they explode one day. Send them out to pick up the beach. Nobody lives here but Shadaloo and Shadaloo employees, it seems like. Why would you want it to stink? Why would you want it to be terrifying, alienating, and smelly for your own people in the place where you live? In a certain simplistic and crass sense, the secret of Shadaloo today is simply, why does Mriganka smell so bad? But on a deeper level, the secret of Shadaloo is that we simply lack a lot of the information we would need to answer the why question behind a lot of the strange details in this chapter. I'm going to be coming at you with a lot of things. This is going to be a fun chapter. You're going to be pelted by nonsense. Your brain is going to look like Shadaloo Harbor after I fill it with the weird garbage in this chapter. And I mean that affectionately. But although I can tell you what's on Riganka, I very often am not going to be able to tell you why. There's one more thing I want to note about this page. We get the introduction of 
a feature we're going to see throughout this chapter. It is an introductory quote tracking the experience of a character called the pugilist who is attempting to infiltrate Riganka. So this is going to be kind of our viewpoint fictional character as the book discusses what you might find if you try to make your way into Riganka in various ways. I'll go ahead and read you the text and pay special attention to the attribution at the end. I curse my fate. Why did I think I could raid the Forbidden Island of Mriganka? Why did I believe that one man could stand against the horrors of Shadaloo? As I swam away from the plane's wreckage, I beheld the tyrannical majesty of Mriganka shimmering like an evil mirage above the water. Sunlight glinted off the head of the giant golden statue that defended the island, and the obscene cries of a horde of foreign ninja echoed across the waves. This time, the gloves were off, and evil was going down for the count. Issue number 32 of The Pugilist, TKO in Thailand, written by Raoul Bernstein for Real Heroes magazine. Now, I did a Google search for Raoul Bernstein. There are a few real people. I don't know many of them to be notable. Some of these pages are in languages I don't speak, but only 322 results or so. I think it's pretty unlikely this is a celebrity I've never heard of. And some of the results from that search are the text of Secrets of Shadaloo. But Raoul Bernstein is not like a continuing character in this game line. This only deepens the mystery of what the status of this text is in the world of Street Fighter. So the narration that we get from the pugilist, whom I initially attempted to give a Sylvester Stallone voice, but then I realized my Sylvester Stallone is unrecognizable. But then I realized my Sylvester Stallone is unrecognizable. It's a different guy. But uh, this quote from the pugilist is not directly from a character called the pugilist. It is from a story written by Raoul Bernstein in a magazine called Real Heroes. However, you may recall that in an earlier fictional interaction that we saw, we saw Sai, a ninja, and Dr. Holocaust, occupation uncertain to say the least, discussing the pugilist, right? They were saying, well, the pugilist said this, and then the other one said, well, anything Pug says, you got to take it with a grain of salt. So they're fictional characters who know the pugilist as another character in their world. But here there's another layer to the fiction where this is, I guess, an in-world magazine with a story about a character called the pugilist. So the best I can figure is in the world of Street Fighter, there's a magazine called Real Heroes. And by the way, that name has an exclamation mark. So I guess it should be Real Heroes magazine. In the world of Street Fighter, Real Heroes magazine publishes a story called TKO in Thailand about a character called the Pugilist. But the Pugilist is, in some sense, a real person in that world who is known to other people. So this is kind of like in early Marvel comics where there's the Fantastic Four, but in the world of Marvel comics, there's also a Fantastic Four comic book written by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and they consult with the quote-unquote real Fantastic Four about what goes in the Fantastic Four comic within the Marvel Universe. It's like that, where there is a real pugilist who's a street fighter, and then there are also stories in the magazine about this real street fighter called the pugilist. So how accurate are these little snippets that we're going to get from Real Heroes magazine about the pugilist and his adventures? They seem to be based in fact. Well, I say when I say fact, I mean fiction. You know what I'm talking about. They seem to be based in the fiction of the world, but it's an unreliable narrator. We know from elsewhere that other street fighters find the pugilist not to be totally on the level. So we'll see. We'll keep an open mind. How much do we believe the pugilist's account of Mriganka? How much of this is the regular level of fiction and how much of this is perfidious double fiction? We'll just have to wait and see. But the part about Mriganka stinking is in the regular format text, so that's gospel. To the extent that the White Wolf version of Imbison exists, he lives on a stinky island, apparently by choice, for reasons unknown. But if you're disappointed that I can't 
resolve any of the secrets of Shadowloo on today's page, join me next time when I crack a big one in a desperate attempt to retcon racism on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. <laughs>